Good evening to everyone. We are in Torah 14. First part, Likotei Moran Torah 14. And Bezat Hashem, this is our second lesson. Do a quick review of our first lesson last week. Last week, we learned that in order to invoke peace in the world, it's necessary to elevate Hashem's glory. Now, how do we do that? We do that through spiritual outreach. And when we teach others about Hashem. So really, Torah 14 is the marching orders for all our online lessons. It's the marching orders for Amuna Beams. It's the marching orders for everything we do. Because uh, Rabbi Nachman describes his outreach as uplifting Hashem's glory. This is the way we do it. Now, there are three groups that we look to uh, to, to uplift. Okay, the first group is the Jewish Balchuvas, the Jewish people that have been far away from Hashem, or maybe Jewish people that were born into religious families and fell off the wayside. And uh, they never learned Amuna, so we teach them Amuna. They they have they build their own faith. It's not just what handed down something that they haven't internalized. We have a lot of people like that, and there are two types of balichuvas of uh, newly awakened Jews: the ones that come from the inside, and one comes to the outside. The ones that were born into families that were just not observant and they grew up in public schools and never learned anything about the Judaism. That's the first. The second group are the righteous converts. The people that are searching for spiritual meaning, and they decided that uh, they were interested in Torah, they're interested in becoming Jewish, and they went all the way. Our third group is the Noahides. Uh, There's also no less courageous group than anybody else, because the Noahides are born into uh, Christian families, Muslim families, Buddhist families, uh, growing up with all types of uh uh, idolatry and all types of things, and, and their families are, are are many many times their families are still strong into it. And most of the Noahides I know they're, they're so courageous because they've just gone against their families, gone against their friends. Some have even lost places of employment, and they say, "No, this is uh, the God of Israel. That's the real deal. The one God. There is no other." And they go all they, they put all their eggs in the in the Muna basket. Now, this is one thing that's important to say. What Rebbe Nachman is the master of Amuna. Rebbe Nachman is the light. He brings the light of Amuna to this generation. Rebbe Nachman said that his fire will burn until coming of Mashiach. What did he mean? That Rebbe Nachman is bringing us the fire of Amuna that warms our souls, that illuminates our souls. And Rebbe Nachman is really the one that brings Amuna down to eye level. And he's done more that shows the power of a tzaddik. And Rebbe Nachman left the physical world uh, 213 years ago. And at 213 years ago, he's not in the physical world and just bringing so many people continuing uh, bring, bring to Hashem. And uh, we're students of students of students of Rabbi Nachman. And so this is this Rabbi Nachman's power. And that's why it's such a, a privilege to continue with the Rebbe's teachings and to pass them on to other people. Because there's one, uh, there's one law, there's a difference between a spiritual debt and a material debt. For example, suppose you borrow 100 quid or $100 from someone. According to Allah, you have to pay back exactly 100 quid or $100 every butt. Because if you give too much, that's interest. That's not allowed in Torah. And if you give too little, then uh, you're not repaying the loan. It's, it's, it's got to be exact. Not so with a spiritual debt. In other words, uh, your, your teacher is teaching you. You don't have to give your teacher anything. Okay. But the, the greatest the greatest thing you could do is take what you learn and pass it on to someone else, and this is the, this is this is bringing Hashem's glory. Okay, so this is uh, 
don't think, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, it's such a, a privilege to, to learn with our groups, to teach to our groups. I say to, to learn because the teaching, there's no better learning than teaching, um, but nobody owes me anything. No, just take it and pass it on. Pass it on to yourself. Pass it on to your loved ones. Okay, so this we have the, the three groups, our, our Balei Chuvas, the Righteous Converts, and the Noahides. Okay, now that's the first first we learned. Why, why do they exalt Hashem so much? Because you talk about people that are far away. And when somebody really far away comes into the program, this is a sanctification of Hashem's name. This exalts Hashem's glory. People say, can you imagine if uh, some head of state all of a sudden would throw out the, 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 the British prime minister declared that right now he's becoming a Noahide. And then that's it. He's throwing everything aside. <laughs> this would make waves all over the world. And you know, the head of state. Because a person is far away and is far away from faith, far away from Amuna, and now he's discovering it. It even uh, okay. I don't know what what it be how much of an influence would be if the president of the United States did. I don't know what his popularity is. But uh, if you take somebody, for example, uh, some rock star that was really far away and into all kinds of kinky stuff and and anything, to throw, and then comes close to a shim or some professional athlete. This that somebody comes far away and comes up to Hashem. This is glorification of Hashem's name, and this is what Rabbi Nachman was talking about. By bringing people close to Hashem, it's a glorification of Hashem's name, and it's a glorification of Hashem's name. Just we look and we learn together, and we we see for, for people from around the world, and we're learning Rabbi Nachman's teachings, and we're glorifying Hashem's Hashem's name. This is it's just so fantastic. Okay, so that's the first thing we learn, and the second uh, is that in order. To have your own kids close to Hashem, that you have to appreciate your own amuna, appreciate your own Torah learning, and not take it as something something wrote. This is what we that we ended last week's lesson with. This week we learned two important lessons. The first lesson, which is title this week, holy humility. The first lesson is that humility is a prerequisite of learning Torah. Now you might ask me, isn't any humility Holy. Now there's a world, there's a, what's a, a fake humility, you know, a person goes and yeah, he's so humble. When check, he's humble. Yeah, yeah, no, you persist. I'm nothing. Yeah, I know you're nothing. Oh, what are you talking about? Nothing. <laughs> That's, there, there are some people that they act the humble. So that person says, look how humble this person is. No, no, no. That's just a, a person who's really humble is a person that acts normal, speaks normal, does everything, but a person that shies away from the credit, shies away, doesn't look for self-aggrandizement, talking about other people's aggrandizement, he crowns his neighbor, he crowns his best friend, he crowns Hashem. This is a, a humble person, because a humble person, if a person is arrogant, the arrogant person can't stand that anybody's on a higher level than he or she is. Okay, or a narcissistic person. Have you ever seen a narcissistic person give compliments to other people? That doesn't happen. Only if they're fishing for a compliment to get a bigger compliment back at themselves. That they will do. That they will do. If it's a worthwhile investment, but it's all a calculated investment. Real humility. It's just nice, nice people. Nice, nice people. And they know they've got a nice word for everyone, polite word for everyone, encouragement for everyone, and they're close to Hashem. That is a sign of holy humility. Rabbi Nachman tells us, holy humility is a prerequisite for learning Torah. When learning Torah is important to teach other people Torah, to learn it ourselves. We can't give other people what we don't have. And to bring that, especially when we're talking about now, when I talk about learning Torah, and when I'm talking about learning Torah, 
with all of us together with the the Jews and the righteous converts, all the Jews and the Noahides, all together. We're talking about the Torah Muna. Okay, because I don't I don't teach halacha per se. I don't teach Gomorrah per se, not in these lessons, not in our lessons. We talk about Muna. Everything is around Emuna. It's all around Emuna. Why do we concentrate on Muna? Because Emuna is for all of mankind. With the mitzvah of Emuna and the Torah of Emuna, and that's why all my books are about Emuna, because it's the same for Noahide as for a Jew, for a righteous convert, but it's the same for everybody. It's a whole thing. And that puts us all on the same page. In other words, it, it would be difficult and maybe not even to, to teach Kabbalah or to teach in depth Gomorrah to, to a mixed group because of the, the, the battle, the background you need for it, this and that. So let, let other people do that. But our concentration is in Muna. And that is why if someone asks, how come we did, we learned Torah one and Torah two, and then we learned Torah three, because, uh, if we're picking the Rabbi Nachman's Torahs that are universal in nature. And that's why universal in nature, this is something I discussed with Rabbi Wolby. And, and share it with the group also. That's why we're not learning in order. We're learning things, what, what our, our group needs to know to get us closer to Hashem, to get us together on the same page that we can share with one another. Okay, that's the first lesson in this week's uh, is holy humility. And then the second thing we learn, that there are four types of humility. With learning the four types of humility, we'll now begin uh, our second part of Torah 14 that starts with small letter A, the fifth part. Fifth section, Rabbi Nachman says, The person cannot earn, cannot attain Torah without humility. Our sages say in Gemara Vorban that they say that a person to attain Torah, a person has to be like a desert. What does it mean like a desert? A desert is empty. A person considers himself empty. In other words, take a know-it-all. Person comes and knows it all and everything. His, his ego is full. His brain is full. He knows everything. Okay, if you know everything, sir, I can't put anything in your brain. You can't learn anything from me. But a humble person that considers himself a desert, ah, I'm going to learn from David. I'm going to learn from Eric. And I'm going to learn from Cheyenne. I'm going to learn from Menobrocha. And I'm going to learn from Fumani. And I'm going to, one by one, Alan's going to teach me stuff. I'm listen, what, 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 what can I learn from that? What can I learn from that? And I'd stop, he stopped to think. What does a, humo, a humble person think? Humble person thinks, hey, wait a second. Hashem does everything for a person, for a purpose. So if Hashem put Fumani on the earth, that means it's a purpose. That means Fumani's got something that nobody else has. Now I'm going to hone in to his particular quality. I'm going to milk him out of it. Okay. I can't do this if I'm not humble. If I think, hey, wait, Fumani's got something. That I don't have. And I'm not talking about his wallet. I'm talking about his brain. I'm talking about his soul. So I'm going to go and hone into that. Same thing with Eric. Okay. You know, Eric, Eric is a master immunologist. He's a, Eric is, is, is so an immun. Eric has got a lot to offer. Go to one by one, good one by one in our group, one by one in our group. And that's what makes it so great. Now, here's the thing with everybody seeking immuna without you thinking, I look down the list. The nicest people in the world, you're not going to find nicer people in the world than the Callan clan in Midlands. No, you're not going to find more humble, more kind, more considerate people. I don't mean to embarrass them. Okay, but they, 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 that's it. Look one by one on our, on our list, one by one on our list, people are humble. They're humble because if they weren't humble, they wouldn't be looking for a Muna. They wouldn't be looking as close to a Shem. This way it goes together. So, Torah 14 by Rabbi Nachman looks like a glove. 
Now Rabbi Nachman is going to teach us something that we don't know. Okay, we think of humility, uh, humility is we respect other people and we don't consider ourselves a, a highbrow. We don't act like a highbrow and we, we accept things. Okay, but Rabbi Nachman says like this. Rabbi Nachman says there are four types of humility, four aspects of humility. A person must be humble to those greater than him. For example, if you, if you ever see Laser Brody when he's next to the Melissa Rebbe, it's like a little sniffling kid with trembling knees. Not going to hear that. Okay, it's no problem with you. You got this great grandson of the Baal Shem Tov, who's a big tzaddik and a big Torah scholar and with this and holy, forget off the charts. It's no, it's no problem to be. Okay, but now there's a next level of holiness. Okay, it's no problem. Okay, everybody understands we have to be humble, people greater than us. But how about being humble to people that are equal to us? All right. It's not like to go, people are looking at you, you're looking, and, and they're equal. Oh, wait a second. No, 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 no. That's what I just said. When you look at someone who is equal to you, but that someone's got something that you don't have. That someone has got something you don't have. There's sometimes so many things, I think, in all the years, uh, I know David Dome. And sometimes I think of something and David comes with boom, a cliche or one of the verses. And so it's just, he knows how to cut through things. And it, it, it's, it's, his, uh, his eyes, <laughs> he's, a, he's an eye doctor, but his eyes are cameras and the brain goes together. And, and he knows how to, knows how to describe a situation, cogent, cogent. And, and, and just listen to that. That's why I listen. When, when he speaks, I listen. He doesn't speak much, does not speak much, but when he speaks, listen. And you go one by one. So, uh, you consider someone your brother, your sister, on the same level as you. No, you got to be humble to them. Even if you, even if they are on the same level as you are, you have to be humble to them. Now it gets humility gets a little bit more difficult. Rabbi Nachman takes us to next level humility: being humble to people that are below your level. Okay, so you've got somebody. Here we are. Rabbi Nachman gave us some marching orders that we have to bring other people close to Hashem. Okay, we have to bring other people into the program. And it doesn't matter whether they're faraway Jews or whether they're uh, not Jewish at all or whether Noahides are potential Noahides are potential. It doesn't matter. Okay, but you obviously know more Torah and more Amunah than they do. But no, to treat them with respect and humility and honestly look and say, wait a second, how do you humble somebody lower on a lower level than you? Look at somebody and say, wait a second. If that person had my opportunity. And if he could learn from the teachers I learned, the guy would be flying way, way higher than me. He'd be way higher than me. Who knows? And you look at somebody that uh, you think somebody's simple, this and that. Give him the chance. Maybe he could be a, 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 great, a great scholar, a great holy person. So we have to be humble to people below us. So the first is have people humble people higher than us, people on our own level. That's the second. People below us. And now Rabbi Nachman gives us a bombshell. You know what the fourth type of humility is? We have to be humble toward ourselves. If we think that people get so, we think, what does it mean to be humble to ourselves? Uh, in the book of Exodus, when we talk about the mana, uh, Moses says to the people, Shev tachat mekumchat. In other words, on Shabbat, sit in your place and don't go out collecting the men, the mana. Rabbi Nachman takes that and says, sit in your place means 
that sit in your place on your spiritual level and even a little bit lower than that. Okay, so consider yourself a little bit lower than what you actually are. And that enables you to be humble toward yourself. So when you're humble to people that are greater than you, and you're humble to people on your own level, to your peers, your spiritual peers, your intellectual peers, and when you're humble to people below you, what's the humble people below you? When someone can see the trash collector, people, I don't know why, why, why people think that the trash collectors are in fear. People see a trash collector and say, thank you, my brother, for making the neighborhood so nice. What? What? That's a, they said, they really light up. They really light up. Okay. And then they got this one particular, one particular, uh, garbage truck driver and here on the way to, I always see him on the way to, to the synagogue in the morning, early in the morning. And I'm carrying my tefillin and good morning, my brother. He says, Hey, who's this, this rabbi with his tefillin? And I'm thinking, good morning, brother. And I get this big smile back. You see the guy frown, big smile back. He sees me before I say good morning to him. He smiled, but this is, you, you feel, so wait a second. Who, who knows? Maybe let's change places. If he had my opportunities, maybe much bigger than I am. Good. This is, this makes the world such a great place. Now, what happens when this guy goes home? This is what Rabbi Nachman is talking about without doing a thing. I didn't say, oh, hey, come here, my brother. I want to, I want to teach you something about Amuna, teach you something. No, not say a word. He goes home. And he hears on the media, uh, you know, that these are ultra-religious, they're this and they're this. They're he says, what are you talking about? I get this rabbi, he always says to me, good morning with a big smile and, and and thanks me. They're the nice people in the world. He says, the media, they're, they're, they're full of blarney. They don't know what they're talking about. So just by your humility and being nice to other people, you're sanctifying Hashem's name. And this is what Rebbe Nava was talking about in Torah 14. This is exalting Hashem's honor. Now we go forward. Where does Rebbe Nava see? Rebbe Nava takes the expressions of Rabba Barbarchana. Rabba Barbarchana, he was a sage of the Gomorrah. He was a Talmud, second generation Amorite. He was a Talmud of Rabbi Yochanan. He has these cryptic metaphors in the Gomorrah that are deeper than the Zohar. And few people knew how to interpret them. Rabbi Nachman's one of them. So Rabbi Barbarchana tells us a story in Tractate Zvachim, page 113b. This is really wild. I'm going to read it in, in Aramaic and then translate it in Hebrew. Really wild. And then and we'll interpret it. Okay. Okay. I saw a one-day-old mountain goat. Okay. I saw a one-day-old mountain goat. They were big. I saw a one-day-old mountain goat. It was a one-day-old mountain goat, but it was big as Mount Tabor. But in Israel, big as Mount Tabor. Okay. How big is Mount Tabor? Alba Palsay. It's uh four miles high. Hmm. And this one day old mountain goat extends his neck and it's three miles. And where he lays his head, if he lies down at night, it's a mile and a half square. And he uh he <laughs> He, how can we say? Okay, he he passed his uh, his dung, and his dung ball was so big that it dammed the Jordan River, made a dam in the Jordan River. This one day old mountain goat. Wait, this is crazy. Here's a, he's telling us about a one day old mountain goat, 
and it's four miles big, and only its neck is three miles high, and it's and it puts its head down to rest, and it's a mile and a half. And if it uh, if it uh, leaves its manure, then one of its manure balls is big enough to make a dam in the Jordan River and stop the river and stop the water in the Jordan River. What is going on here? Rabbi Nachman gives us a thing. Okay, what the mountain goat in Aramaic is called Orzila. Rabbi Nachman says Orzila. That's a big secret. Or that's light. That's the light of Hashem. Zila in Aramaic it means to cheapen. So we say the Torah tells us that the earth is illuminated by Hashem's glory. But this glory, when's it going to be revealed? Hashem's full glory won't be revealed until Mashiach comes. So when we say uh, when does Eliyahu uh, Navi with as Rub and uh, the Gemara and Sanhedrin. One of the sages, uh, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, asked Elio Navi, when's the Mashiach going to come? The Mashiach said, today. Hayomim Kolch, well, you call out his name today. Today. What do you mean today? Every day today. But what do we learn to that? But, but today he didn't come. But yeah, today. Because we got to believe that Mashiach is going to come today. And that's what Elijah prophet answers. He say, oh, holy prophet, when's Mashiach going to come? Today. Okay. Hayomim, this is what we speak. I will await him whenever he comes. So when is he going to come? Today. All right, so if you think Mashiach is going to come another week or another month, then you're going to be waiting. But Hashem wants us to wait every moment. Now, why are we waiting every moment? Because when Mashiach comes, that is when Hashem's glory is going to be revealed, and that is going to be, oh, happy day, okay? Oh, happy day when Hashem's glory is revealed. And so that is the secret, Rabbi Nachman says, of this one-day-old mountain goat. The one-day-old mountain goat, the one-day-old mountain goat is the one day that Mashiach is going to come. That's what here, Monday at Ozila, Ozila, but Yom, that it's the, the cheap light in one day, the cheap light is going to go, and we're going to get the real light, the real light, that it's going to be the, the, the wealth of, of Hashem's light. Now, what does it mean that this mountain goat was as big as Mount Tabor? Okay. Rabbi Barabarchana, he saw that the elevation of Hashem's name depends on a person breaking his haughtiness. He's got to be humble. Okay, Hashem's name can't be elevated by the arrogant person. A highbrow cannot elevate Hashem's name because a highbrow is busy elevating the highbrow. Okay, yes, he says it's got nothing to do with Hashem. And he'll do everything in the world to show you, heaven forbid, that there's not Hashem and there's only him. Okay, there's only him. Excuse me, Mr. Highbrow. There's a little one-celled bacteria called Escherichia coli. If it gets into your intestine, not only you can't do a thing about it, and you're not going to be able to function because you're going to be running back and forth to the bathroom. Okay, so you're defenseless against a one-celled bacteria. What do you think uh, your influence is in, in, in the parliament? Okay, there's a big vote vo- in the parliament, Mr. Highbrow, but you've got this one back cell. This is Escherichia coli in your intestines, and you're, you're running to the bathroom. You're going to miss the vote. You're not going to have any influence. Shem's making laughing at people. And we look, we look at the Shem lab. We saw this today. Oh, the, oh, the Israeli news was all, all full, and 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 BB spoke to Biden, and the fire's going to start. This and that. I said, "Come on, you clowns! There's not going to be no ceasefire today, and there'll be no release." And there was this technical difficulty. This and that, bop, 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 and everybody shut up and had to retract all the new reports. And okay, Hashem decided it'll be before Shabbat. It'll be before Shabbat, but it was you can see you look. When you look at the news, you look what Hashem's doing. I don't look at the news. It just shows all these things. Uh, 
We decided that's going to be now. You don't decide a thing, Biden. You don't think it's any BB, BB and Biden. That's a good thing. They're good friends. BB and Biden, good buddies. Okay, you guys do not decide a thing. It's only Hashem. So why not maybe learn to say with Hashem's help, Bizat Hashem? Here, the generals say, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Oh, the whenever they say that, I, whenever I hear them, Bezat Hashem, Bezat Hashem, with Hashem's help, with Hashem's help. Okay, this is the thing. So what is Mount Tabor? Mount Tabor is, is four miles high. Rabbi Nachman says, why is Mount Tabor four miles and not three miles and not five miles? Okay, four miles high, because we're talking about what is a four miles high. He's talking about the four types of humility to knock down the four miles. That's why four miles. This is what Rabbi Nachman interprets. He says, Rabbi Barchana is telling us, he's alluding to the four types of humility that we just learned. And what does that mean that this outstretched neck is, is three miles? Rabbi Nachman says, that's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. He says, the secret is in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 22. The prophet Jeremiah tells us that there are three things that a person is haughty about. A person is haughty about his money, and a person is haughty about his strength, and a person is haughty about his intelligence. That's the three types of arrogance, the three types of haughtiness. Okay, so... And this is that the neck is three miles high because the person is haughty about these three things. And Rabbi Nachman is right there, right here. And so this is why King David says in Psalm 75, I see the light of King David's Psalms. Every time I see King David, I said last night, we learned the introduction to Psalms. It's it's my hero. And just today, I posted on one one of the media sites a picture of an Israeli soldier who was walking with a book of Psalms in his pouch. And it book of Psalms took a bullet. He picked it out, and the book of Psalms penetrated his bullet, and it, it took the whole bullet. That bullet would have gone into his chest, and who knows what would have happened to him. And there, thank you, Hashem. Thank you, King David. And there's, there's a picture. This is floating around. I know the, 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 the photograph has gone viral. It's in the media all over the place. But this is the power of Psalms. So King David says, what does King David say? Rabbi Nachman says, everything Rabbi Nachman says, he says he didn't invent this stuff. He takes from King David, takes from Jeremiah the prophet, takes it from the Gomorrah. King David says in Psalm 75, verse 6, don't speak with a haughty neck. Don't speak with an outstretched neck. Bezat Hashem, our new uh, translation of Psalms, we're going to put this in the, the speaking translation, but they, they see all the, Look at all these translations that, you know, speak not with a haughty neck. Okay. And it was, that's, that's most even the, the art scroll translation says, speak not with a haughty neck. Okay. We, we, we do it so you can speak from the heart. But the King David is telling us just what Rabbi Nachman is teaching us. Okay. And that's the, that's the neck that's three miles high of this day old goat. Now, what happens? Uh, the mile and a half that the head covers this refers to something Kabbalistic. I don't want to get into it too deeply, but it is the illumination. Illumination, in other words, when a person has two miles, a, a double illumination, it's just, it illuminates as a Shem's light and reflects a Shem's light. But when his soul is darkened and his soul is not, he's trying to get close to a Shem, he's only getting half of a Shem's light. A Shem is giving a person the light but a person only accepts half of it because his soul, let's imagine 
imagine that your windows are soiled. When your windows are soiled, they're not translucent. They can't bring in the light. The light, any light coming from the outside is going to be dulled. Okay. So what is Rebbe Nachman telling us? Rebbe Nachman is telling us that the people such as the Bali Chuva and the converts and the newfound Noahides, uh, they're far from holiness. They're far from holiness. Okay. They're far from holiness. And they want holiness. That the very love. The Rebbe Nachman is saying this complimentary. He's, he's lauding them. He's not. He's not. He's just showing a fact. You know, people come in from the street and they're, they're coming soiled from the street. Okay, and you got to hit the showers and come and cleanse themselves. You know, take some shampoo, take some soap. So Rabbi Nachman is saying that they come in and they want the light, but the light can't shine because the window panes of the soul are soiled. So what they have to do is what, and this again, Rabbi Nachman refers to Zechariah, Zechariah, the Zechariah, the prophet, in chapter three, verse four, Zechariah says, "Removed your soiled garments. Remove the soiled garments. Okay, take off the soiled garment, put on a clean garment." Uh, Zechariah is talking about the soul. He's not talking about the cloak. This is just a metaphor. The cloak is a metaphor for the soul. And that's why King Solomon, he says in, in Psalms, he says, your garments should always be white. In other words, that they should not have be unblemished white, that they should just like it, just like a, a white, a white shirt that comes out of the, of the laundry. And this way, the soul should be unblemished. How do we keep the soul unblemished? That every single day we do self-assessment, what Rabbi Nachman tells, do we speak to Hashem and we assess ourselves, what are you doing in the last 24 hours? And if we did something wrong, we ask Hashem for forgiveness, we cleanse the soul. Okay, so that's removing the soiled gardens because the soiled garments prevent a person from getting close to Hashem. Now, I'm sure you've all been in contact with someone that you've spoken to or, or someone that uh, someone comes into the program. And it doesn't matter which part of the program is coming into, the Jewish part or the Jewish part by way of the righteous convert or by way of the Noahide. But a lot of people come in and they want to bring in the garbage from the outside. In other words, they've been in some messianic uh, synagogue. Now they want to bring that garbage inside. And don't, don't be, the garbage belongs in the pail outside. Don't, don't bring it in here. We got to come in. You got to come in clean. And so they, they really think, they really think, oh, yeah, yeah, we want, we want, we want Torah, we want a Shem, we want a Muna, but we want to keep some of the garbage from the outside. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. That's, uh, you can't have, uh, a little bit of garbage and a little bit of cleanliness. It's either that the soul doesn't soul doesn't tolerate that. The soul has to be clean. Soul has to be clean. When the soul is clean, what happens? The emotions come from the soul. People don't realize that. When your soul is clean, you're happy. And no matter if the missiles are flying outside, the bombs flying out, what's going on? When your soul is clean and you're clean with a shim. And if you've done something wrong, you've done shuva, you've asked forgiveness. Hashem knows you're his beloved daughter, beloved son. Hashem knows we're not perfect. We're not angels. The angels don't have a human body. And there are times in history when the angels have been given a body to come down and do a mission and they flubbed up. They flubbed up. Either they, they came in milk and meat or they started uh, looking at, at, at women. There's time the angels, they're angels that got messed up with women. It's right in the Torah. It's right in the Torah. It's in Brashi. It's right in the Torah. So we see, hey, there's a lot to be, a lot to be proud of yourself. Not arrogant, but proud of yourself. Proud of yourself for the hard work you're doing. Proud of yourself 
and everybody at, at this I know. Okay, a lot of us. If in America tonight is Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is a big, big holiday, and there look at Amuna uh, Bracha and look at Cheyenne and look at Rena Bartel and they, they, everybody's running to pre- prepare prepare Thanksgiving meals and, and they're learning Amuna. Wow, wow! You guys do not know this is level of difficulty. You don't know. You don't know how to appreciate yourself. You don't know how much this means to Hashem. What you're doing is you're elevating right now in live. I want to show you that you got to appreciate yourself. You have to appreciate yourself and the good that you do. Where so many people, all the rest of America is looking at football games or are preparing their turkey or their pumpkin pie or their cranberry sauce. And no, no. Rena Bartel is learning Muna and John Talbot's learning Muna. And Emuna Brocha's learning Amuna, and Cheyenne's learning Amuna, and Alan Raskin's learning. Come on, guys. Me, it's him. This is this is sanctification Hashem's name. Sanctification Hashem's name and level of difficulty. Okay, so this is what it means that we got to throw away our soiled garments and do tshuva, and then we prepare ourselves as a vessel for divine light. And this is what Rabbi Barchana said. That's kind of facetious. When he says that the day old goat cast the ball of dung, the dam to the Jordan River, D A M M E D, okay, that obstructed the Jordan River. All right, because what he's talking about, he's alluding what this, he got rid of his dung, he got rid of his excrement, the goat. And we're talking about the goat is a metaphor for the body that hides our soul. But when our soul is stronger than the body, then we can get closer to Hashem. And that's what Shuva helps us. So what the goat did, the body, okay, we get get rid of this big chunk of dung, which is things that are not amuna, all the anti-amuna stuff, all the it's the excrement, the spiritual excrement within us, which is the news, which is all kinds of, of uh political correctness, not truth stuff, which is all kinds of garbage that we just pick up in, in the atmosphere. And so we have to clean ourselves up. We have to do a spiritual. First of all, we have to be careful about what we expose ourselves to because we wouldn't go into a hospital and go into a contagious disease ward. But that, that's dangerous. All right. So therefore, we know that there's uh, for so, certain social media, certain that contagious disease. Got to be very careful. Got to be very careful. So this is what we have to do. And this is the indicator Rabbi Nachman says, this is why we bathe and clean our garments and do laundry for Shabbat. Because on the Sabbath, we all get uplifted. We all get an extra soul. And we say that a student on the Sabbath, he gets the soul of his Rebbe during the middle of the week. So right away, you go up a higher level that on on, on Sabbath, you've got a, a soul of your Rebbe. <laughs> Uh, right, right away you go up, you go up a bigger level. So, in order to prepare yourself for that upper soul, you have to put on clean garments. And by putting on clean garments, again, this is metaphoric. The observance of the Sabbath is metaphor for the soul. You have to put on clean garments on the soul. That's why the, the Sabbath's not just time to go to football games, time to play, uh, to, to, to read Psalms, to talk to Hashem, and uh, you know, even if you're a Noahide and you can go to the football game. But uh, even it's a time it's a time for uplifted, and so clean garments alludes to throwing off the soul garments, 
And this is the essence of Hashem's glory when we throw away these sold garments. Okay. So now, Rabbi Nachman says like this. And so the people that come from far away, they come under the wing of the divine presence. Wow. In other words, if you're sanctifying Hashem's name and you're extolling Hashem and you're exalting your, Hashem's honor, you're lifting it up. You're not going to be left out in the street. Oh, come, lad. Come, my daughter. Come under the Mama Shechina's wings, the divine presence wings. And under there, that, that's blessing. There's nothing but blessing there. Okay, so that is why uh, you, any, when you go on a higher level, you get a higher soul. You get a higher soul. And by doing that, you uplift yourself and you uplift Hashem's glory. Okay, we're now up to uh, the next section. And let's see, we've got, continuing on, please. We learned in the first lesson that by enhancing one's awe of Hashem, this extols Hashem's glory. And that every person can have a barometer for himself. Wait a second. Do I really uplift Hashem's glory? How can you know? Rabbi Nachman says you can know what your attitude is to tzaddikim, what your attitude is to the righteous people, righteous people that they themselves extol Hashem. And if you like these people, we're not talking about, uh, we're not talking about commercial preachers or artificial. We're talking about truly righteous people, truly righteous people. I think it's something, again, I think of the Melitzer Rebbe. The Melitzer Rebbe, someone says, behind, you don't hear him in, in the media. You don't hear him interviewed in the media. You just hear it. He's a, hidden behind the scenes. But anybody that's ever needed a blessing for him knows that it's the real deal. This is the grandson of the branch. And he, he, he shies away. He, sh- he shies away from uh, from publicity. He shies away from a lot of people. This is really, really. So you see somebody like that and you have awe of a person like that. That means you have awe of Hashem. Because when these, such people, real people have awe of Hashem, or you look at a picture of somebody like the Bubba Sally. Bubba Sally was also the real deal. Wow, Bubba Sally. And just say Bubba Sally, and you right away open up your eyes. Wow. Okay, that's awe. That's awe. Last night, we talked about tra- translation. They say, Yerat Shemaim, the fear of Hashem, fear of Hashem, God-fearing person. Now, if that connotes, that has a connotation that, uh, if I don't listen to Hashem, I'm going to bolt the lightning. Boom, it's going to hit me in the head. No, that's not what Hashem wants from us. So when you have awe and you love a person so much, you love Hashem so much, that you can't even think, wait a second. Okay, if I do a little cut corners in business, make a couple of more dollars and stuff, but that's not what Hashem wants. Hashem, do you want me to do business like that? No, Hashem doesn't want that. Forget the dollars. You know what's going to happen? You see that Hashem doesn't want that. And that's not a sanctification name. I promise you, beloved brother, beloved sister, I promise you, you gave up a thousand dollar, a thousand quid gain because it's not what Hashem wanted. Make room for 10 times that much in your bank account because that's what you're going to get. Hashem doesn't owe anyone anything. When we 
extol Hashem's name. We uplift Hashem's name. Hashem uplifts us. That's it. You think Hashem, we uplift Hashem's name. Hashem knocks us down. No way. No way. And, and this is what Rabbi Nachman said, that each person, according to his level, can be aware of his own level. Wait a second. Do I really have respect and awe for people that extol Hashem? Okay, so this corresponds again to what King David, King David, that's our Mashiach. King David is the universal soul. King David is the all-inclusive soul. King David, everything feels everything. Everything we talk about, we can find in King David. Psalm 15, he says that he talks about a person who is a, a wonderful person. And what does King David says? He honors those who fear Hashem. Are those who are Hashem. Et yirei Hashem yechabed. Yirei Hashem yechabed. That's what King David says. Each person. So, uh, as long as Hashem's glory is in exile, Hashem's glory is in exile, as long as people like Amnesty International and the UN and Hamas are running the world, Hashem's glory is in exile. And, and that's a disgrace because they disgrace any UN God-fearing. I know a person today, person today said something, an Israeli politician, and he said something nasty about Chabad. And this particular Israeli politician, uh, this comes from the, the rich suburbs, and I said to him, uh, hey, listen, out of the this week, there were 70, up to not this week, up to this being the war, after October 7th, not October 7th, since the invasion of Gaza, there's 70 soldiers that have been killed. Out of 70 soldiers, six of them are Chabad, mostly special forces, mostly officers. Okay, so Chabad is maybe a half a percent of the population, but they're 8% of the fatalities, which means they're doing pulling 16 times more their weight. Okay, and... Out of the soldiers that died from this particular politician's neighborhood, there's not a single one. Not a single one. So how can you talk about that? And this, you got this guy is a is a big politician. So here we see it's a, it's a disgrace. You're disgracing I mean, the, the, the Chabad guys. It, you know, you in the world, everywhere you are, everywhere. It doesn't matter whether you're in Joburg or whether you're in Switzerland or whether you're in London. And it doesn't matter what side of London you are, Golders Green or Hemden or you got Chabad everywhere. Go to Thailand. You got Chabad. You got to go to India. Go to Hong Kong. Plenty of places. I traveled in the Far East and giving lectures in the Far East. And okay, where does uh, where does Laser Brody stay in Beijing? The Chabad house. And we're in Shanghai. The Chabad house. <laughs> and we're in Hong Kong. The Chabad house. This is the Chabad. Can't you look at you look at these guys and and they're doing what the Rebbe with the Lubavitcher Rebbe. One of them do. They're extensions of the Rebbe. So you see, if the people can disparage them, come on. They've never done any bad thing to anyone. They only do good for people. And what do they Nothing in return. Just exalting Hashem's name. Exalting Hashem's name. Now you can see, but if you take something like that, this is this is exactly what Rebbe Nachman is talking about. Rebbe Nachman is talking about that is when God's glory is in exile. When you see people that truly deserve to be honored, and they get knocked down, and they get yeah, yeah, the people that are talking bad about true tzaddikim or whatnot, 
Okay, so now we're up to part seven. Part seven. So that's why we look forward to Mashiach. We look forward to Mashiach when the honor is going to go to the right place. First of all, go to Hashem. And this one thing I'll share with you, I particularly pray for every single day. Every single day, Hashem, that the thing that hurts me more than anything in the world is the defamation of your holy name. Hashem, I don't care. I don't care. If, if your name is sanctified and there's nothing but Kiddush Hashem, sanctified Hashem in your world, Laser Brody's going to have it great. It's going to be great. It's going to have the greatest life there is. All right. And you could give me, I don't know, whatever amenities, this and that. But a year that your name is not sanctified, nothing, nothing is worth it. And that is the whole thing we're doing in Amuna, trying to bring Amuna, trying to light up the world to all humanity, to everybody. Nobody's excluded. Everybody is welcome. Everybody can join us all here. They talk about, I, I don't know, could somebody, I'm willing to listen, but to, to, somebody could show me a more egalitarian forum in the world than our Amuna lessons. A more equal opportunity before <laughs> him in the world than our moon lessons. Everybody's welcome. Doesn't matter who they are. If, if a person from Gaza would want to put aside his violence and put aside all his jihadi and pull aside that, and be, what, what is Hashem really about? What? Welcome. Welcome, Muhammad. Come learn with us. Okay, it's, 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 come learn with us. All right, but you got to put your knife down and you got to put your gun down. You got to put your RPG down. All right, this is not, we don't allow knives, guns, and RPGs in our forum. No. And we don't allow uh, any less than positive talk about one another. And it's no, no brainer that our, our group is, it, it's just so cohesive and everybody loves everybody else and network with, with everyone. And this is a sanctification of Hashem's name. So now, we go. We'll go one one little bit further. Uh, Rabbi Nachman says he's making a temporary uh, summary. And this is in letter Zion, seven, letter seven, and, and Torah fourteen. Rabbi Nachman says the important thing is to respect those who extol Hashem with a full heart. You see someone that has true honor of Hashem, respect him with a full heart. Like they say, our sages say in the Gemara Kedushin, because this is what Hashem knows. Why does Rabbi Nachman say with the whole heart? Because only Hashem knows what's in your heart. Okay. You can put on an act, a big act, Hashem knows exactly what's in the heart. Okay. And that's where the honor is. It's in the heart. Where I look at something, I feel good about someone. I want to extol someone. It's not in the brain. It's in, it's in the heart. And that is what Isaiah the prophet yells at everybody about. He says, the name of Hashem, Oh, that there were the highbrows in the holy temple. And they said the prayers and they respected me with their mouths, but their hearts were far away. This is Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. So it's right there. It's all right in the Reb, what Rebbe Nachman does. He takes all the sages, takes from King David, takes the prophets, takes from Gorni, boils it down and puts it on our plate. And this enhances our Muna and brings us close to Shem. So God willing, next week, we will begin with letter Chet, letter eight in Torah 14 for our third, our, our third installment. And we look forward to seeing that everyone each week. Meanwhile, we've got a few minutes to answer some questions. If anybody wants to ask a question, please raise your hand.